thank you all again for being here, and uh, love that song, and I hope it speak, spoke to you or ministered to you in that wherever we are in life, uh, God can make all things work together, both for our good, for His good, and for His Today we're doing something different. It's a different service. Uh, now, it's all about faith, first of all. Uh, now, we are saved by grace through faith, but also uh, we want to see faith and show you faith in a different way. That is the faith of a soldier, a soldier. This weekend, we honor soldiers. Uh, we give thanks for those who serve. We give thanks for those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. But we want to see faith today lived out. And so the way this is different and the way the message is going to be different is, first, um, you're not going to hear from me. Uh, some of y'all may be like, well, thank God. But, uh, but you will hear from me in a bit. Uh, but we got a soldier. Come on up, Johnny. John Ronsville, who is a, uh, both a member and a leader and a friend of mine from, uh, from way back. Uh, and he is going to share about a soldier's faith because he is a soldier and uh, he serves in the National Guard. And he's going to share briefly and then I'm going to come and share and tie a soldier's faith to some soldiers in Scripture uh, but brother, I thank you for your leadership in the community and in this church. And uh, y'all give him a welcome just for coming up and sharing with us. Move over here front and center. You got it. Good morning, y'all. Uh, this may be partly my fault. When I told John Hugh what the, the, what the theme of my discussion was going to be about this morning, I said, uh, I was talking about what, it's, what it takes to be a good soldier. You know, so I'm not going to take offense when, when John Hugh calls me a soldier because I'm an airman uh, as a member of the Air National Guard. That's fine, uh, but I'm not the, the Air Force doesn't take offense to being called a soldier. Marines, you know, they don't want to be called anything but a Marine, so we have to be careful there. But no, I'm glad to have the opportunity to, uh, to speak this morning. Uh, with it being Memorial Day and Memorial Day weekend, I'm going to share some thoughts, just some, some themes about uh, applications between being a good soldier, a good airman, a good military service member, and also how those themes, we have the same types of themes uh, as Christians in our Christian walk every day. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish up at the end talking more about the National Guard, what we do uh, in service to the country, to, to our state and our community. Because there are, you know, everybody knows, especially after 9-11 and, and, and the, you know, the, the 13 or 14 years since, that the, the role the military has played. But there's still not, not a lot of knowledge out there unless you have direct uh, insight into what the Guard and Reserve does, because those functions have been very important uh, post 9-11. And so I'm going to end my talk uh, with some of those uh, activities that, that the Guard is doing uh, in our community every single day. Uh, my wife said, uh, when, when John Hughes said, you want to you talk uh, on Memorial Day weekend, my wife's first response was that she's terrified of me giving a sermon. So this is not a sermon. I'm just going to talk about these four themes that I've, that I've chosen to speak about this morning. Uh, the first of those is uh, being a good follower. You know, in the military, uh, accomplishing the mission, following orders, uh, that's, that's job one. And we have, you know, standing orders, we have ongoing missions, we have instructions for how to do everything. And so those, those orders have to be followed at every step. Um, sometimes not following orders, you know, there are enough contingencies built in to where it doesn't cause a problem, but... But there are orders there for a reason uh, as, a, as a member of the military. Sometimes not following orders can result in people getting hurt uh, or even the loss of life. In Mark 
uh, Jesus told his disciples, you know, if you want eternal life, you put aside your own selfish desires. Deny those. Take up your cross and follow me. Follow my orders. So we see those two themes. You know, in the military, we're to follow orders in order to accomplish our mission. Christ tells us that we need to put aside our own own desires and and follow his orders if we are to achieve eternal life. Second theme I wanted to talk about was uh, situational awareness. It's part of your military training. You, You kind of as you go through your, your career and through different training elements that you go through, you, you learn to be uh, maybe observant or, or you're trained to just be aware of, of, of things around you at all times. That means, you know, being aware of assets, strengths, your enemy, you know, at, at the macro level, we need to be familiar with our enemy. We need, we need to know his strengths, his weaknesses. Um, and that, that applies in our Christian lives as well. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, uh, we are warned that the devil, that Satan, is looking for the opportunities when we have our guard down because he's going to come in he's going to take advantage of us. So we need to be situationally aware at all times, not only in the military, but also as Christians during our Christian walk. And we also have to be accountable for one another as Christians. Uh, Hebrews 10.25 says that we need to look out for one another as Christians. Look out for your brothers and sisters. In the military, you know, we call that... Uh, a battle buddy, or in the, in the uh, air guard, we call it uh, being a good wingman. Uh, we are to be good wingmen for one another. We need to keep each other accountable, uh, to keep each other safe, keep each other out of trouble. Uh, same thing applies uh, in our Christian walk. We need to be accountable for one another. Uh, make sure that, that we're all following God's teachings uh, in an appropriate path, following a pro- an appropriate path. The next theme, we've talked about being a follower. We've talked about situational awareness I want to talk about being faithful. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 3 tells us that as Christians, we're going to endure hardships. And to counter that, we need to be able to build ourselves up. So that's, that's why we come to church. That's why we have small groups, to build ourselves up, to make ourselves stronger, to strengthen our faith so that we can endure and be the Christians that God wants us to be. Same way in the military, we we have to be faithful. We go through all kinds of different training to learn to to build ourselves up, to endure. You know, it starts at the basic level. Everybody's heard about boot camp and basic training and those types of things. That's that's the, that's the minimal. And uh, if you're like I do, I, I, I like to. I know most of the guys in the in the in the uh, in the congregation today. You've, you've seen the SEAL training on on History Channel. I, I like to watch that. I think it's exciting. And you wonder, you know, what does. Uh, Treading water for hours in 40-degree water, what's, what's that have to do with, with uh, being a SEAL? What's a, it's, a, it's about building up your endurance. It's about getting your mind right, teaching you to have faith so that no matter what pops up, you'll follow through with the mission. Same thing applies in our Christian walk. We need to do everything we can, and I, and I don't. You know, there, there are, There's much more I could do as a Christian to build myself up that I should be doing that I'm not. But if, if we're going to endure, we need to do those things. The fourth theme I want to talk about this morning is being a good servant. And this is where I'm going to start tying some of these themes into, into what we do uh, as the National Guard. But 1 Peter 4.10 tells us that if, if we are to achieve eternal life, uh, we've, we've, got, we've, we've been given gifts, and we need to use those gifts to serve others. So we need to be good servants. 
And to me, that's what military service is all about. It's about serving your country. It's about serving your community. And in the military, it's about serving one another. Uh, and I want to talk about that service, uh, even though maybe it's not directly related to Memorial Day. You know, Memorial Day, we do need to keep in mind, Memorial Day is about honoring uh, men and women in uniform who have lost their lives while serving. Uh, you know, we have, we have Veterans Day for, for honoring veterans in general. Uh, so I don't want to take away from that theme, but I do want to stress uh, some of the things that are going on uh, with the 172nd Air Wing here in Jackson or the, the 186 Refueling Wing in Meridian. Um, at the, I, didn't, I didn't talk about what I do in the military, but uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer. I'm a JAG assigned to the 186 Air Refueling Wing in, in Meridian. Uh, that's, if you're not familiar, you know, when you come into in Meridian on I-20, over on your right, you can see about eight Chinooks and then their aircraft in the back. Uh, so we had that facility. We have a, a training center on the coast. And then we had the 172nd Air Wing here in, in, uh, in Jackson, out at the airport. And y'all have all, if you've been in Jackson any time, you've seen what, one time or another the C-17s flying around. And you may be wondering, what, you know, what, what they're doing. Uh, they're not just joyriding. Since 9-11, uh, our units out there have been actively involved in, in the 9-11 response doing some very important missions. Uh, those C-17s, we've got eight of them. They're, they're one of the most advanced aircraft in the United States Air Force, and we've got them right here in Jackson. That's a really cool thing to me. And, and to me, it's something I'm proud of. But those guys and, and gals, men and women, uh, they're, they're taking supplies, troops, uh, equipment over into the theater. And more importantly, we we're sending medical uh, units over there on those aircraft. And they're bringing back wounded. And there's no telling how many uh, soldiers, marines, airmen, uh, sailors maybe, that have been saved by those aircraft and saved by people like Edward Walsh, who's a member of our congregation that flies them. And that's something to be really proud of uh, because it's something that, that our community is doing in support of this country. And it's, it's been happening every day and it's an untold story. But that is, that is true service. And it's, it's uh, something that I want us to be mindful of uh, this weekend as we is we uh, honor Memorial Day and, and its meaning. We need to also think about service and the importance of that service and how valuable uh, it is. That's going to finish me up, John Hugh. Thank you all much. Impressive. Thank you, Ronsville and, uh, and Edward and uh, the Sanders family. I don't know if Suzanne is here, Marcus and Suzanne. We do have many in our, our church family who do serve, and many who have served, and uh, as John so aptly put, I mean, today is the day, or this weekend, really, to remember those given the ultimate sacrifice, but there's so many who serve, and there is so much that we as a community can do, so uh, I appreciate your leadership. I want to pray for you and his better half, Laura. Is she, she's serving literally in family today? She is. Yeah. She is. So Laura Ronsville, his much better half, takes one to know one. But uh, I want to pray for, uh, for their family and just honored that uh, you can stand with us and share. And so if y'all would like to extend a hand, uh, we do this at Bellwether as members, the member of Bellwether, member of the body of Christ towards John and just uh, pray over him and his family and all those who serve. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for, uh, for this servant leader. I pray that you would uh, grow in him uh, not just uh, a greater spirit of service, but a greater knowledge and faith in your power and that his service ministers to those in both practical ways, in both ways that, uh, that minister and save lives, 
but that you would grow him in Christ as your Holy Spirit can do for all of us. I pray more that we would become a church uh, that serves, that learns more about service leadership uh, from men and women who serve, and that we would be a community that would both uh, bless and serve uh, these brothers and sisters of ours uh, who do so much for our nation and our world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again, brother. So now, uh, kind of a part two to the message, and if you would uh, take your Bibles and turn to Matthew 8, uh, I'm going to share a couple passages of Scripture uh, that tie to a soldier's faith. Uh, and as, uh, as John so aptly put, he is an airman, but we can all be soldiers of faith and soldiers for Christ. Uh, you know, this is honestly one of my... Yeah, I mean, it's Memorial Day, you know, people are out, uh, but it, it's honestly one of my favorite Sundays uh, to preach because I admire uh, men and women who serve uh, so much. I was, uh, this was Easter of 2005, so before Bellwether, it was uh, Easter Sunday lunch, and my wife and I, it was just my wife and I, no kids back in those days, we were having lunch with this family who had a son in Iraq, and so it was his mom and his dad, and then another uh, veteran and his wife, and we were all having lunch, and they were telling us about what uh, the son in Iraq, uh, I won't name him, uh, was doing, and how he was doing, and I remember the other guy who was a veteran, he made this comment, and it's always stuck with me, he said, well, he's a soldier, and that's what soldiers do. And I, mean, I remember hearing it like it was yesterday, but, it, you know, okay, he was, you know how we say things a lot of times, but then we really say things underneath that, and he said, you know, he's a soldier. So that, that, like, meant something, and that registered, and that spoke to us without having, him having to say anything else. And, you know, what it meant was that he followed orders. Uh, he was situationally aware. He was on duty. He had courage. He, he would make a charge. He would go. He would, you know, be in his his troop, and he had brothers and sisters in arms. He was a soldier. And uh, I thought about, you know, the faith that that takes to, to do those things, uh, to be a soldier, and, and where soldiers get that, and where we get that if we are to follow. Again, it's one of my favorite Sundays to preach because I love men who serve, men and women, soldiers. Uh, two of my best buddies, uh, they were in my wedding or our wedding, uh, one went to the Naval Academy and continued a career in, uh, in naval intelligence and served our country in Afghanistan. Another buddy was a Marine, and he did a couple tours in Iraq. Uh, I've always said, I'd, you know, I'd be so proud if, if one or all three of my boys uh, went to the military academies. Don't know if they will. Uh, maybe slightly push them. We'll see. I mean, Linda gets on to me for that. But I would be very proud just because of all that it teaches about leadership. Whether they, you know, serve as a career, but what that provides in, in faith. I mean, you've got to have faith to do some of those things that you are commanded to do. You know, I, as many of us, I have a, uh, um, a history, family members, you know, who have served. And I'll never forget my dad, when I was just a little kid, he would take me to the nursing home to just, you know, visit our, our great, great, not great, great, great Uncle Bill. Uh, who was quite a character, a very hard man, but he, along with three of his brothers, uh, had served in World War I. 
not World War II, World War I. Four brothers, they all came back alive, and two uh, died pretty shortly after their return back. One, the gas of that war that the Germans were using, it so infected him internally he died. Uh, the other took his own life uh, just because he could not handle psychologically a lot of the things that he had seen. And I remember Dad always saying, I, you know, son, you know, I want you to have met someone. There's a connection with someone who fought in what's known as the Great War or World War I. And I, I do the same with Jack, at least my oldest. Today or tomorrow, he will visit with his great uncle who served in World War II and went all through Europe and nearly died at the Battle of the Bulge and was actually put on a cart for uh, the folks who had been killed and they realized he was alive and you know, and now he's in his upper 80s. And I want there to be a connection with Jack of these, this man who has, has served. So I hope that all of us will... Not only remember those who have given the ultimate sacrifice, but those who have served. And uh, I'm going to end today with some things that we can do as a church. But I keep going back to, you know, what, what as Christians or as people who are, you know, thinking about Christ, thinking about Christianity, you know, what can we garner, what can we take from a soldier or an airman or someone in the services who has served? And what can we learn? And what's so fascinating, interesting, you may not know this, but... Scripture uses soldiers several times in the Bible to be an example for us of of faith and how God works in them. So I'm going to go through a couple passages. This first one is Matthew 8, and some of you may be familiar with it. It's a soldier, or in those times a centurion, which would be like a Roman soldier or guard. And this is a man who has has like no... uh, no theological or educational or religious understanding. And look at his response to Jesus here. It's Matthew 8, and I'm going to read verse 5 through verse 10. And it should be up on the screen. It says, When he, Jesus, entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I, too, am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel I have found such faith. Stop there. Now, Jesus saying in Israel, so those who had religious training, those who had a religious education, those who knew the Hebrew Scriptures or what we call the Old Testament, and here is a man who has none of that, but has literally this, this blind, pure, honest faith saying, I'm not even worthy for you to come to my house, but if you just say the word, I've seen you, I know what you can do, I know he will be healed doesn't even bring up the Christ, the Messiah. He says, I've seen you, I know, and I believe. And Jesus says, this man, I mean, I've never seen such faith. And so for us, especially those of y'all who are like new in your faith, or maybe you're just coming to church, or maybe it's kind of like an off weekend, you're like, well, maybe I'll just, you know, kind of, you know, grace the church. Maybe if you, you know, don't know a lot, the word is you don't have to like know a lot 
It begins with faith in Christ and what He can do and the power to heal, to heal every situation, to heal every relationship. As we just sang about, all things work together for good. We see that type of faith in this man. Now, you do need the knowledge and you need to grow. And this big word we call sanctification, that will happen. And we're going to see that in another passage here. It begins with this faith. Hey, Jesus, you can heal. You can heal relationships. More so, you can heal my heart. You can heal bitterness. You can heal anger. You can heal sins of pride and greed and lust. You can heal. You've got to have that faith. Faith of a soldier. Now, another example of faith is faith at the foot of the cross. I mean, you ever thought about this? I was thinking about this message, and I was thinking, you know, man, there are just so many examples of soldiers in Scripture. Jesus on the cross, and obviously the guards took him there, the centurions, but, you know, Matthew and Luke refer to this soldier. We're going to see it in just a second. But they, they didn't have to. You tracking with me? Like, like, they don't have to say this about the centurion, this soldier, but they do. Why is that? Look what they say, Matthew, first verse, I'm going to hit two verses at the foot of the cross, Matthew 27, 54. I love hearing those pages flip. It should be up on screen too, but go, Matthew 27, 54. It says, when the centurion, again, Matthew does not have to do this. Matthew is actually, as we've talked about, he's writing primarily to the Jews. He says, when the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe. Could have stopped there. Could have hit a period. But it didn't. And said, truly, this was the Son of God. Centurions were Romans. Non-Jews. No religious training. No education. Surely, this man was the Son of God. This faith. And yeah, you know, I, I believe if all of us were at the foot of the cross, we would have been in awe. But a lot weren't. The Pharisees weren't. They turned their back and walked away. This man said, this must be the Son of God. And then Luke puts it like this. Luke 23, 47. Right after Jesus says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. says, having said this, Jesus breathed his last. Verse 47 says, now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God saying, certainly this man was innocent. Not only did the soldier believe, but it said he praised God. And generally Romans didn't believe God. But the power of the cross and the power of Jesus' words, his life, his death, what he was saying, what he was doing, struck him so much that he praised God. He worshipped there on the cross. Again, Luke doesn't have to reference this. I mean, it's all about Jesus and his death. And he still says this centurion, what he said. This soldier. This faith. Faith that he can heal. Faith that he is who he says he is the Son of God, the Messiah. Faith to worship in that, regardless of life, circumstances, and situations. And then last, although there's some other examples of soldiers, but in Acts, Acts 10, God uses a soldier to grow his church and be an example to those who had already started his church, saying, hey, my church is supposed to reach everybody. It's not just your religious crew. It's not just your Jewish crew. It's not just my disciples. It's for everybody. And God uses a man, a soldier, to make this example. Acts 10. This man, soldier's named Cornelius. And uh, he's talked about that not only was he a soldier, but he was pretty high up there 
and had a lot of power, and a lot of prestige, yet God was speaking to him, and God was working on his heart and his life. So Acts 10, and I'm just going to read one, verse 1 through 8 here. But it says, At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner whose house is by the seaside. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. I read that just as an intro. And Cornelius later meets Peter. And Peter later says, you know, believe in Jesus the Messiah. And Cornelius says, I want to believe. And he's baptized. But here at the beginning, you know, in this intro to this story, again, he's this person of power. Person who gives orders. And yet God gives him this vision. And we don't know if... If he had education, but he said he, he already knew God, he prayed, he gave alms, but he didn't know Jesus, but God revealed, God chose to reveal to him, say, go get Peter. And underneath that, you know, it's like God saying, I'm going to use you, Cornelius, you Roman, who Romans don't know God, you soldier, as a person of power and authority, he had seen battles, we can presume. He had probably had people killed. I mean, he was, he was up there. So he had fought. He was a person of responsibility. And God chose him to reveal and say, go get Peter. Because I'm going to make myself even more known to you and use you to grow my church. And he did. Cornelius was one of the first non-Jews in the church. Because, and this is kind of aside, but there was this big debate about you know, whether non-Jews could be Christians. And God used these men and women as examples. Hey, my church for everybody. But He chose this man, Cornelius, a soldier. See, because he had faith. Because as we see there, God said to him, and Cornelius did it. He said, "This man said, go get Peter." He didn't pause. He didn't, you know, discern. You know what's going on here. He acted. And last, what we can learn about soldiers: they, they act, they follow, they get an order, they do. And you've got to have faith to do that. You've got to believe to do that. And so for us, I mean, I'd question my own life. When I get an order from my chief, from my Lord, do I act? Or do I spend like months like, well, what is God really saying here? When God, I want you to go, man. I want you to go. I want you to believe all things work together for good. What about you? How much time do you spend discerning? Or do you act? Do you go? Knowing he is with you. And he's pre- already prepared a way. A soldier's faith. So, last thing. How do we apply this? Like right now, practically. What can we do? Two things that we can do today. Well, three things, but two like, like right now. First is pray for those who serve. Pray for the John Ronsels. Pray for the Edward Walshes. Pray for the Sanders family. Those in our community who are serving. Uh, some who are going or will go overseas. Suzanne will not like me, you know, mention her, but like Suzanne Sanders, when her husband goes overseas, I mean, she's there, and she's a single mom with Clara Grace. 
we can not only pray for them, we can minister to them and love on them and care for them. So pray for families that you know with members who serve and serve them. You know, as a church, we try to do things around Veterans Day uh, to buy guard units a lunch. There's one out here in Jackson. So, you know, we're having this ministry called Meet the Need, and there are a lot of needs out there. Uh, a lot of soldiers, and a lot of families that are in need, and we have all these meals stored up that we could take families a meal. Simple way to serve, simple way to say thank you, simple way to love our neighbor. And the third thing can definitely happen today, but it also can happen tomorrow and the next day as we grow in our faith, and that is be a soldier for Christ. Now, this is not, we're not going to end today singing Onward Christian Soldiers, so don't worry about that, okay? But and Ronsville references scripture in 2 Timothy. I'll close with this scripture passage. Because Paul tells Timothy, who he's mentoring, to be like a soldier for Christ. He says, 2 Timothy 2, 3 and 4, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Let me say this again. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. John Ronsville talked about some ways that being a soldier connects to our Christian life. But just to close in this, you know, it begins in faith. Acting in faith. Believing, not just a chief or commander, but our Lord and King has a plan, has a mission, and it is good. And yes, there will be trials. Jesus promises us persecutions and tribulations, but to walk through that. But like soldiers, we're not alone. We've got brothers and sisters in arms, the church, and to move forward, to serve, to love, to care for, but to walk in faith. And you know, so many of us, I mean, myself included, I pray every day and grow my faith, build my faith. I mean, when, when an issue, you know, comes between a relationship, you know, man, God, what are you doing here? Give me faith you can work this out. When an issue comes in my marriage, God, what are you doing here? You know, when, when there's a day where I'm in the pit, God, what are you doing here? I, I, give me faith. Push me through this. Help me to see. Give me your eyes. Where are you today? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? May we have this faith of soldiers where people say, he's a soldier, she's a soldier. And that means so much more. He will go, she will go. He believes, he follows, she does, she acts for Christ, our Lord, our King. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the example of men and women who serve. More so, thank you for the word that you have that you strategically placed these people as soldiers to give a witness and a testimony to us even to this day. So I pray we would hear your word. I pray you would penetrate our hearts and our lives. Give us stronger faith today in all we do so we can be your servants. We can be soldiers for Christ. In your name, amen.